What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Takeover. I am your host, Donovan White, continuing this bowl season preview of all the Big Ten bowl games. I wouldn't leave a single one out because this is the Big Ten Conference, the best conference out there, of course. And today we're previewing Minnesota versus Syracuse in the Pinstripe Bowl. So we're going to get into that. But of course, before we do, if you have not already, subscribe to the Takeover Sports Network. We've got you covered for all things Big Ten football, SEC football, Big 12, ACC, Pac-12, all of college football, all of NFL, and any other sport in between that you can think of. So make sure you go subscribe. And we are also partnered with Prize Picks. Make sure you use the promo code TAKEOVER for 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. It's got an easy-to-use mobile app both in the App Store and Google Play, and entries made in 60 seconds or less. So, again, make sure you use the promo code TAKEOVER to let us let them know that we sent you for 100% instant deposit match up to $100. All right, so Minnesota is an eight-point favorite over Syracuse in the pinstripe bowl. The over-under is set at 42. We'll talk about picks and kind of the betting side of it here in a little bit. It's in Yankee Stadium in New York, which is – uh, I think one of the coolest things ever when they kind of uh, deck out the baseball stadiums for the bowl games, it's not quite as cool as like when they deck out football stadiums or baseball stadiums for a hockey uh, game that that is uh, cool on a completely different level. And I'm not even that big of a hockey fan, uh, but this is sweet Yankee stadium pinstripe bowl, uh, December 29th, 2 PM. So it'll be right in the middle of the workday uh, for an Eastern time, maybe towards the end of the day, depending on what you do right in the middle of the workday for us to sneak in and watch it a little bit uh, while we're on the clock. But some key storylines uh, for Minnesota, they have to make a decision at quarterback, right? Tanner Morgan had an upper body injury uh, early to mid-November. And since then, uh, Ethan uh, Kalakmanis, uh, uh, butchering his name, uh, has come in since then, redshirt freshman, and has not led up the stat sheet, but has gotten them over the hump with some good wins. And so they have a decision to make. If Tanner Morgan's healthy, are they going to play him? If not, are they going to keep rolling with the young talent uh, and see what they have for next year? Or they kind of know what they have for next year, but see what kind of momentum they can roll in. Uh, and again, Tanner Morgan is a six-year senior who's given his all to Minnesota football. So I have to assume that if he's healthy, he will play. Um, it's 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 a tough call if if – if he's borderline healthy, I know he accepted an invite to some kind of like senior bowl, not the senior bowl, but some kind of like senior bowl offseason game. But I have to assume that if he's healthy, he's going to play. Uh, Mo Ibrahim, you look at him for the for the Minnesota offense, workhorse running back. We've talked about him a lot on this show. One of the best running backs in the country, one of the best in the conference. And I don't, and again, the Big Ten is loaded with good running backs. Blake Corum, uh, uh, Mo Ibrahim, Chase Brown plenty of others, uh, but he's one of the best 1600 yards rushing 19 touchdowns, a workhorse. He's also a six year senior playing his last game for Minnesota. You have to expect that he is going to play his heart out, right? He knows the NFL is in his future for him. He, I think he's going to have a good career in the league. He knows it's in a future form, but he's going to want to play his heart out for his college team. He was led by an offensive line. That was quite frankly, one of the best in the country. Um, and led by their center, John Michael Schmitz, Remington Award Award winner finalist. Uh, and he's looking probably to be a first, maybe second round pick, late first, early second, mid-second round pick uh, at center. For Syracuse, uh, they had a, they had a, a, an opt-out, a surprise, not opt-out, but transfer. So transfer portal and then opt-out of the game, obviously. Jihad Carter, the starting safety, uh, ended the season, entered the game playing pretty well. 
and then he decided he was going to hit the transfer portal. But for them, they have some pretty good players as well. There are no slouches. Running back Sean Carter for Syracuse is also a stud. Uh, almost 1,100 yards rushing, 10 touchdowns. Not the numbers that Mo Ibram has, but I think Syracuse is a little more balanced on offense. Their quarterback, uh, Garrett Schrader, 2,300 yards passing, 17 touchdowns, six interceptions. He's a dual threat kid too. 415 yards rushing with seven touchdowns on the ground. So he's combined for about 24 touchdowns, six interceptions. Uh, he's a good playmaker. And that wide receiver, Orande Gatson, the second, almost 900 yards receiving and six touchdowns on this season. So Syracuse has some playmakers. Minnesota, you know theirs on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and then up front, obviously, that's where the strength of their team is, including defense, which we'll get into here in a second. When we look at just the numbers for Minnesota and for Syracuse, when Minnesota has the ball on offense, they are 56 in total offense. Big piece of that is because they're 114th in passing offense. Their passing game took a hit, obviously, when Chris Ottenbell was lost for the season, their best receiver, and no shot against their quarterback play, but neither one of those quarterbacks are the most exciting. You kind of hoped that Tanner Morgan would take back his 2019 form when uh, their new offensive coordinator came in. Uh, who was there in 2019, he did not uh, get losing your best receiver, Chris Ottenbell, this season does not help either. But they are 11th in rushing offense. Their offensive line is, again, one of the best in the country. They've got one of the best running backs in the country. And it's a big testament to be able to say, hey, we know that we can't pass the ball super well, whether it's quarterback play or playmakers that consistent around them or scheme, whatever it is. But we're going to run the ball and have success anyway. Obviously, a big part of that is Mo Ibrahim. Big part of that is the offensive line. But there's a thing where it's it's a testament where the defense can load up seven in the box and you can still run on them regardless. So big testament in Minnesota. And they're only 19th in sacks allowed. So their offensive line doesn't let the quarterback get hit and they don't let the running back leave the game unless he gets his. So Syracuse defense going up against the Minnesota offense has had their ups and downs uh, throughout the season. Stat-wise, take a look here in a second. 31st in total defense, 65th in rushing defense, which is a little worrisome for this game with Minnesota's strength on offense being rushing the ball. They're 19th in passing yards. A lot of teams do not do a good job throwing against them. But again, Jihad Carter is out for this game. It's transfer portal. So that number might take a hit. Again, they have some other playmakers back there. And then they're 36 in sack. Caleb uh, Okachekwu has seven sacks on the year, and they have four other players that have three and a half sacks or more. Five other players that have three and a half sacks or more. When Syracuse has the ball, this is where they've struggled. And I think a big piece of this is their offensive line play because, as we just talked about, they have a good trio of three playmakers on offense at quarterback, running back, and wide receiver who make plays and have talent. But I, I think a big piece of this is their offensive line. So when Syracuse has the ball, they're 87th in total offense. They're 78th in rushing offense, 76th in passing offense, and 120th in sacks allowed. So the quarterback gets hit a lot. That probably translates into not having as much success in the passing game, right? Probably get a lot of pressures on him too. Uh, credit to, to Schrader for not throwing as many interceptions, only six uh, with that much pressure in his face. And I think some of these some of these stats might be skewed a little bit from the games they played against uh, some of the higher tier teams where they just got blown out or they didn't have much success on offense or, was a, or they won the game and it was tough fought and there weren't a lot of points scored. Um, because they had other games where they're able to score the ball effectively just against lesser competition. Minnesota's defense, one of the best in the country. You could make an argument for it being the best in the Big Ten, but that's a hard argument because you have Michigan, Iowa, and Illinois right next to them to make that argument. 
They are fifth in the country in total defense. They're led by safeties Tyler Newbin and Jordan Howen, arguably the best safety duo in the conference, one of the best in the country, two guys that are for, that are future NFL players for sure. We'll be talking about them when draft season arises. And then linebacker Mariano Sori Marin, uh, stout linebacker, and then for the middle uh, that has really in that back seven uh, has taken the lead for leading this defense. Defensive line hasn't performed um, as well, I think, as hopes do, but that back seven is really, really good, which is why they're fifth in total defense. They're 15th in rushing defense. They're eighth in passing yards allowed, and they're but they're 117th in sacks per game. So they defend the ball, the run really well. They defend the pass really well. They do not get to the quarterback. They do not get sacks on their quarterback at all. Um, I looked at their stats. And I don't think they have a guy that has more than three sacks for the entire year. Maybe it was two, two and a half. So Minnesota, in general, the defense is elite. You could make the argument it's elite. I think. They're probably, I think Iowa's the best defense in, in the Big Ten. I think Michigan is second. And I think Minnesota, Illinois is three or four. It's in some somewhere in that order. But all four, if you look at the rankings, total defense are top eight, I think. Maybe top ten for sure. Um, at one point, I think it was top five for Minnesota, Iowa, and Illinois. And Michigan snuck in there as well. So, again, they have a stout defense. Uh, but they're unable to get to the quarterback. Syracuse has the playmakers on offense to make some big plays, uh, even against a, a stout Minnesota defense. I think they still have the playmakers and uh, at running back, a quarterback, a wide receiver to make some plays. Uh, but they've struggled at times to put numbers up against some of the better opponents. I don't think Minnesota is uh, an elite opponent, but what they are is an elite defense. They are an elite defense in college football, in the, in the Big Ten and in college football. So they might struggle again to put up some numbers against Minnesota. I think Minnesota's going to have some pretty good success on the ground game. Syracuse, as good as Syracuse defense has been, that 65th in rushing yards uh, in the country, rushing defense, is what sticks out. And you look and you go, okay, you got a, you got a few guys up front that are playing their last game for Minnesota. You got a few guys up front that are NFL picks. You got one guy, like I said, John Michael Schmitz, that is a future starter at center, potential pro bowler at center, one of the best interior linemen in the country, and Mo Ibrahim, who's a workhorse. I have no doubt they're going to get theirs, and I think you might be able to see some plays broken for some long rushes against Syracuse. Uh, I think Minnesota finally does get to the quarterback against Syracuse because whether it's a product of uh, of Garrett Schrader holding the ball too long or, or scrambling into pressure or their offensive line just not being good, I think when the back seven for Minnesota holds up and creates some of those, all right, it's been two seconds, my first two reads aren't there, third read's not there if you even get that far, boom, presses in my face, right? He's a, he, can, he can run, but I think Minnesota's back seven – is going to hold up fine against Syracuse, even with some of the playmakers they have. They're going to hold up fine and create some of those coverage sacks, as you hear people say all the time. So I think Minnesota finally does get to the ball, uh, get to the quarterback against Garrett Schrader. I do like Syracuse to cover, plus eight. I think Minnesota, I've been burned a few times on picking them in the spread when it's like a touchdown or more. They still won, but been burned a few times. Maybe it's uh, history from that. But – I think Syracuse can keep it competitive with some of the the some of the um, disadvantages Minnesota has on offense in the passing game, and Syracuse does have a good defense. Um, they frustrated opponents at times. I think Minnesota's offensive line and run game is going to wear on them, and I think their defense, Minnesota's defense, might cause some turnovers that can set up um, Minnesota Minnesota's offense in a good position. So I like Syracuse to cover plus eight competitive game. And I love the under to hit 42 points because these are two teams 
uh, one with Minnesota that can't pass the ball, uh, going up against a good Syracuse defense, and then a Syracuse offense that's been inconsistent and gives up a lot of quarterback hits going up against an elite Minnesota defense. So I'll say Minnesota doesn't cover, but they went out right in the under hits in the game in the Big Ten gets their second win in the bowl season. If my prediction about Wisconsin winning and, and easily covering, not easily, but covering against Oklahoma State comes to fruition, the Big Ten will be 2-0 and in bowl season at that point. Again, if you haven't already subscribed to the TakeOver Sports Network, you can get access to all of our up-to-date content. Again, whether it's for Big Ten, anywhere in the college football universe, we have you covered, especially for this bowl season, especially with the playoffs coming up. And then we'll have more coverage for the draft for other sports as well when the offseason unfortunately hits. For the Big Ten Takeover, I am Donovan White, and I will see you all next time.